Welcome to Wednesday in Westeros. I'm Todd A. And joining me tonight is... Not Taylor. Oh, wait, no. Emily. Emily Kelly. (laughs) We kicked out those non-reading jerks (laughs) that join us on our respective podcasts so that we, the book nerds, could nerd out on all the nerd stuff about Game of Thrones, which is like four or five days away. It's, It's pretty exciting. Um, it like doesn't even seem real to me. Like I feel like I've waited so long now. Like I'm right. just like in my mind, I'm like, it's never coming. So right. now like that it passed... actually is, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. We passed by that April deadline where I thought I would feel anxious. And uh yeah. Yeah. Um, I just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was uh I think I was distracted by the um my total irritation with American gods. So that Oh, sustained, yeah. sustained my irritation for like a month and then it was you know game of thrones was almost here and i was like oh cool we're good i can get over this um yeah. so i thought i would eat so uh on on this network or somehow you're listening to some podcast that is called wednesday in westeros um it is often me uh and uh my co-host taylor uh and emily joins us uh frequently when she can but emily and um peter cunan host fan theories we did a big fan theories wednesday and westeros podcast crossover uh yeah. a couple of weeks ago to talk all about these game of thrones fan theories so i'm gonna bring one more fan theory to you in this last preview okay. week before the season which yes. uh great was was presented in the form of uh news with l- little quotes around it or something uh a conjecture <laughs> but it was in the digital pages of vanity fair by none other than uh, Joanna Robinson, um, who wondered today if George Martin is secretly done with books six and seven. <laughs> huh. And in her uh, post, she claims that there's a lot like, I, you know, her phrase is something like there's a lot of evidence that this may mm-hmm. have actually happened, that he is secretly done with them. Um, but then I didn't really find her evidence that convincing. It's mostly along the lines of, he has written in his live journal recently, which he had abandoned for a long time. What? And the location, I know, no, no, he, that's his blog on his site. I know. Like, if you weren't aware, I didn't, that, <laughs> that's how he has been I, blogging. I mean, uh, over the past 10 I, years. Think, I think like a better fan theory is like that George R. R. Martin is secretly like a 12 year old girl from the 90s. Yeah. Because I mean, that's the last time I really heard of live journals. Okay, live journal. sorry. <laughs> Continue. So, <laughs> My bad. He, yeah, and on live journal, uh, which I never used, so I don't really even know this as a thing. But I guess you report your mood when you leave a blog post, and his mood was pleased. So that was one of the the uh, evidences. Um, another was that he really had gone dark, and he hadn't made a lot of con- convention appearances, um, and he hadn't been taking on work because he had been saying over and over for the past few years he really needed to just you know buckle down and finish these books and now all of a sudden we got this news this week that he's adapting oh my gosh i forgot the name of it um uh a science oh, fiction novel yeah yeah i forgot the name of it too yeah i know i feel so terrible about that and That's um cool yeah and he there was some other news that came out and so it's kind of like hey he's coming out of his shell oh and um i i want to say it was sir um uh, Peter calls him Sir Friendzone, but I call him Dora oh, Mormont. Dora, yeah. um, Dora. But I believe that actor 
may have said something about there's a, a big secret, or maybe it was the Davos actor said there's a big, like, surprise launch coming soon. Oh. And so the conjecture that either that means they will announce the book is out, like, on Sunday when Game of Thrones gets here, uh-huh. or um, uh, the, the other idea is that possibly George is going to host the Game of Thrones panel at Comic-Con this year, which is something he did, I guess, in the early days of the show. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I don't really find this evidence convincing that he's finished those books. Uh, Taylor and I talked at length about George R. R. Martin's predicament last week on Wednesday in Westeros. Um, but I wondered if you had anything to add, if you actually think that he'll ever finish these or if he's even working on them. What's your take? Well, I, first of all, I like to think of myself as like a poor man's Joanna Robinson because like she she knows like way more about this stuff and the world of Game of Thrones than I do. But so, hey girl, um, <laughs> you know, I mean like in my heart of hearts, I really, I know he has been the winds of winter um because he kept releasing like preview chapters and this is yeah. why i was like so freaking infuriated about sansa's uh plot oh, yeah exactly in season five yeah of like be- because the of the the chapter that he released she's like in the oh. eerie sorry spoilers spoilers everyone no we've um, talked about she's it at length. yeah so she's like in the eerie and they're trying to marry her to, to Harry the heir. And she's like happy and like, you know, not married to a psychopath and getting sexually assaulted. And, you know, like she was cool. So when they did that on the show, I was like, but why? Like she has all yeah. this other like stuff that he's obviously written for her. Like, why are you doing this? It's out like you, whatever. But so I know he has that book partially written and at least thought about. So, I mean, I, hope that that's like this big reveal that'd be super cool it'd be super cool like on sunday at the end they're like you know we do this commercial break or whatever there's no commercials on hbo but of like you know winds of winter coming christmas whatever you know like that would be super cool (laughs) of like to just drop that in the middle of the premiere because i know that just from a marketing standpoint they would never just like release the book right now because it would take too much away from the show so if they are going to announce it it would definitely be like coming soon you know coming in a few months like when the show is done i I mean they've got to have a date and a cover yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna believe it until i see someone with a picture of yeah (laughs) like a galley copy yeah and i mean i don't know like he could just be pleased like because he had pizza or something i don't know exactly you know he could just be i but and he's funny about it too like he's full-on said like he doesn't know if he's gonna survive to finish these books because he's you know what like 50s 60s and has diabetes and stuff (laughs) like he could die you know it's stressful being george R. R. martin i i i anticipate so I mean, I'm optimistic. Like, I hope he does. But then there's also, like, um, I just got it, too. Uh, the um, J.R.R. Uh, Tolkien, another very similar, uh, you know, the godfather of world building. Um, I mean, they've released his work for years and years and years after his death. You know, his kids finish it or they yeah. they leave it unfinished and do a forward and stuff. like. So even if he does, you know, never really finish it, I'm sure those books will get finished or at least published in some form or another whether it's like in his lifetime or like 10 years after the show is like done we already know the ending of the freaking yeah. books we know who sits the iron throne we know who do the prince who's promise we know what happens with our favorite ships you know who cares but um 
I don't know, man. <laughs> will, will you like excitedly pick up the new book if it, if, and when it ever comes out? Yeah. I will beat a small child over the head to get that book in the bookstore. Like actually I'll just get it on my Kindle. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I have a Kindle, right. <laughs> but it really reminds me too. And I really feel bad for him to be honest. Like, I, I just know as a writer myself, you know, sometimes you get so excited about these characters in this world that you just, you know, he blew through those first four or five books in like five years or something. And then all of a sudden you get busier and it kind of weighs on you a little bit more and it's harder to write these things. Um, and obviously he's a very busy, much more busy than he was when the first couple of books came out. So I, I can, um, J, uh, K Rowling of between the fourth and fifth book, I think was a couple of years and it was really hard, like coming back into that world just as a right. reader too. And just, you could tell in her writing at the end, you know, it felt harried, <laughs> excuse me, uh. <laughs> um, it felt like rushed in a sense, like, shit, I have not written a book in three years and I need, just need to get it out. Like the, the first whole, like three quarters of the, of the word of the Phoenix is so good. And then you get to the end and you're like, what, why, why do they still win the house cup and the Quidditch cup? And so this is dumb. Like, I'm so sad. Like, well, I hate this. So <laughs> well, I, I, <laughs> I feel bad. I mean, yeah, I, I think the the writing was on the wall, a weaker pun, even than your harried pun. Um, with those fourth and fifth books like he that he definitely kind of lost the plot and there's that big sort of isn't there like a long explanatory preface in one of them about like in in number four about how he had to split the book up and he ended up pulling the chapter i don't remember (laughs) there's this other dude that he uh took a lot of um ideas from who's uh oh my gosh i can't remember that guy tad tad williamson maybe um another author i'll I'll frantically google it when you start talking again but i know he he has this trilogy that's very similar to game of thrones and his Mm -hmm. in the in one of the books there's a really funny long like author's note about i i was gonna stick to a trilogy but the third book got so out of hand but he would not (laughs) allow his publishers to put it out as as two separate books Uh so but they told him like we literally can't print this because the spine will fall apart so they yeah called it one book but they had to print it as two that's uh, funny i know george martin has had those same conversations with yeah jrl tolkien too like the lord of the rings was a single book it would have been like two like three thousand pages or something of a single book and his publishers even back then are like uh can, you know, let's like split it up we'll split it up into three it'll be a trilogy and so that's why they all got separate names but they are like not i mean they are distinctly it's basically like a book in three acts that they just turned into three books yeah so, i was like I, I thought he wrote them as three separate books no he wrote he wanted it to be one book and the, the his publishers are like uh no <laughs> stop yeah um I, yeah, that's that's too much. I will correct myself. It was Tad Williams, and the trilogy is Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn, um, which is another fantasy trilogy that has similar things about like an orphan in the north and uh-huh. you know kings and dragons and stuff. Anyway, they're all basically the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's jump into the main sort of uh, focus of our podcast tonight because we're we're just gonna we're just gonna hammer this out so we can get back to our daily lives and anticipating the show for five more days. Um, what have you done to prepare for season seven? Have you rewatched? Have you reread? What's been going on? 
Yeah, um, Peter and I, after doing the fan theories, we were really like, wow, so much has happened, like, in six seasons, even just with 10 episodes each. Like, it still feels like a lot has really gone on. And, I mean, if you, I mean, when we started the series six years ago, I mean, that's a lot to remember and think about. And so, so we actually started our rewatch at season two. So. Nice. Me too. Yeah. So it was like, yeah. So it's like, cause season one, you kind of, you know, only really one thing happens, you know, you're trying to figure out who killed John Aaron and like Ned gets his head chopped off. And I have like, no, I like it ruined any sense of security and a character in a show that I've ever had. And the funniest part about it too, is like, so I didn't read the books like before I started to watch the show. Like I only started to read the books in like season two or three, I think. And so, but I had a friend who's been reading them for like 10 years or like 15 years whenever they first came out and so when i texted her like after the first season she goes she just like laughs she's like ha 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 you don't even know (laughs) so we started in season two where we have not gotten as we've not even like gotten into season four i don't think or maybe we just got into season four so we still have a bit to catch up like we'll just kind of continue it through season seven um but it's funny like how many more things you notice um about you know knowing what's happening now and knowing what has happened you know the little clues and the looks and and the you know he's George R. R. Martin is very particular in the words that he puts in people's mouths um right. yeah. and, and and you know very clue you know always putting clues here and there for things um so it's been fun I really liked it I it's kind of funny too like so many of them are like um, especially in season two, they're like BBs. Like they look so young, especially like Arya oh looks so young. And then like getting it, especially like Sansa too looks quite uh, young. And then you get into like season six and you're just like, wow, like <laughs> you're, a, you're a woman now, Sansa. John too <laughs> is like baby face, like in season oh, two. Yeah, totally. This like is why I had such baby. trouble with the, uh, the, um, what who did what was the whole fanship we talked about with Arya where I was like oh Gendry and Arya and I was oh, like no yeah, way yeah. too young yeah and he's like in two even like in season two or three or whatever where they're gonna go to the Night's Watch and then they're like with the Brotherhood without banners he has yeah. like no shirt on you're like oh okay cool yeah um <laughs> but she yeah Arya is like a girl she has no interest in men yet but it was yeah. just I, I I understood a little bit better now but. I mean, yeah. out of out of all the ships, like it's probably the least gross, <laughs> considering it's like brothers and sisters, cousins, nephews and aunts. You know, a, a an older blacksmith kid and a younger little fighty murderer kid. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. There's when there's no uh, familial relations involved. Yeah. So that's maybe the best we can hope for in yeah. Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, yeah, I too did a rewatch i i started just doing last season and then i ended up going back to two because i felt the same way you did like Mm -hmm. it's um i mean i I would probably sit down and watch one with no problem but it just felt like it was going to be a push and starting with two i was in it like immediately um and i did make it through you know all the way through five i did skip the one episode with sansa um and ramsey's wedding night Um, least favorite yeah exactly uh and uh, I'm I'm with you on like all the stuff you pick up and Taylor and I talked about a little bit last week about how the showrunners have done this like I, you can I can I can kind of appreciate all those moments where I was frustrated as a reader watching 
you know, the seasons that were on book. Mm-hmm. Um, I can kind of appreciate what the showrunners were doing, which was they knew the end goal and they had to service this plot all along. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, I can kind of see like, you know, they kept the pieces moving in the right direction, even if they had to like change them a little bit. And that, I don't know, it gave me a, a better appreciation for that, but it also gave me a much harsher view of season five as a whole, because um, I think previously I thought season four was also kind of um, shaky, but having rewatched it, I was like, holy shit, no, that whole season was so solid and crazy. Like so many important deaths, you know, Oberyn and uh, Tywin yeah. and, uh, and uh, Joffrey and like so much crap happens in that. And then five is like a real like letdown, you know, the whole, yeah. the whole thing. So not that, I mean, there's really good parts of it, but it, the whole tone changes. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, yeah. When, I mean, I'm, as soon as we, like, the, how I got into the show was, like, before season two, we were, like, it was, like, Easter weekend. We're, like, let's let's watch the show that everyone's talking about. You know, we'll watch right. it for a season before season two premiere and then watch season two premiere. And so when season five, like, the, I forget whatever the wedding episode is, like, maybe the third it's, or fourth episode. Actually, I think it's, like, the it's fifth very, one. I think it's right in the middle. Okay. I had to take a break. Like I had to take like two weeks off from watching the live show. And you're talking um, about the Sansa Ramsey. Yeah. Wedding. Night. Because yeah, I was just episode. like too. Yeah. I was just like too disturbed by the whole thing. And I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not alone. I'm a lot of people boycott no, the show. after I, that. I stopped know. watching that whole season until the whole thing was done after that yeah. episode. Yeah. We took like a three week break, I think. So we came in, we, then we binged like before the last two episodes but I just had, I needed like a breather. And so, but I think too, yeah. like that's when season six came out, it, it, it sucks that all these really bad violent uh, violence against women and sexual violence plots have to happen. You know, they don't have to happen. Is the, the, the most horrible thing about it. Um, but it really does. Season six really made me, not appreciate it, but you know, you can't have the light without the dark. You know, if Sansa hadn't gone through everything they should, as much as Sansa had already gone through so much horrifying stuff for her to finally get that, like that moment of where she has finally come into her own and gotten revenge and not just revenge on Ramsey Bolton, but kind of revenge on anyone who has doubted her and anyone who tried to hurt her in season in past seasons it made it so much more gratifying, I think. Um, and Brienne too. I mean, there's a lot of really, Danny, you know, there's a lot of really good storylines in season six that hopefully will carry through into season seven, because I would hope that the showrunners and the writers, you know, they kind of learned from that dark place that was season five. Right. Um, but yeah, the, well, the thing, I mean, we're kind of getting on a tangent. I'm sorry, but no, um, this is all the, about tangents. <laughs> the thing that I was really the most surprised about in my rewatch was how fucking cold Arya was like from the get-go. Oh my God. No like, and I forgot, like, I forgot about like all the, just like all the really, dudes that she killed. Yes, all the because I don't think she murders that many people in the books. Like I'm pretty sure she murders like one person, like before she goes to the faceless men and stuff. So it was just so there's like one where her and the hound and they go and it's like the <laughs> I'm sure I know exactly I'm thinking oh of the same one. Yeah, and it's I think his name is Polliver. I think it's the same one. And he goes like, Oh no, no, it's a different guy. So it's like a different guy for with Polliver and the hound asks her like 
is this guy on your list? And she's just like standing there sort of like just so cold face. And she just goes, no, because I don't know his name. And then he asks, so what's your name? Yes. <laughs> and then she just stabs him through the heart. And then, because the the, uh, the hound had said like, this is where the heart is like before in the episode, she stabs the guy through mm-hmm. the heart. And he goes, he doesn't even like yell or like is like disgusted. Right? He just goes, you're learning. Like it was such a, yeah. but she just like wipes her sword and just like moves on. Like I forgot like that she was so just like just like a stone cold little killer i forgot how cool she was in like these early i mean she's still cool she's super cool now but i forgot really even before she got to the faceless men just like how baller she was that was that was shocking i thought the i was sure though that the one you were going to mention was where they're riding um it's after the red wedding and they pass these three like uh frays or whatever that are sitting around the fire and she just jumps off the horse and then like does this like kind of like innocent act of like where she just oh, wants yeah, to yeah. have some food and she holds this coin out and the the bravosi coin and the guy mm-hmm. the guy's like that you know that doesn't look that's not a coin or whatever and she drops it and then just like, stabs him <laughs> in the face or something. <laughs> oh my god, it's so shocking. I like to like ever so slowly the hound, like I mean you can tell like at first it's just for the money, like he really just wants to like get rid of her, like yeah sell her for the money to her and to her mom or whatever and so but then you can kind of tell like as soon as she jumps off the horse he's like oh god damn it like what is she gonna do this time <laughs> like she's gonna get hurt there's three of them but she just murders them like it was really cute and then especially with the hound and brianne if when you know brianne's like so what are you taking care of her and he says yes and like maybe he's being disingenuous but you kind of feel like he thinks that way too yeah um yeah one of my the other thing about my rewatch because i I, we just had this episode like a couple episodes ago uh when he and brian get into the fight and he's like dying and aria leaves him there and and he's like god like a gut bunch but he's like saying all these things and maybe that was just like too into brian kicking ass at the time to like really notice it but so that's why it's like uh, going back and and re-watching is so important because you really notice things that maybe you were like too hyped to notice the first time so but he's like telling your um Arya all these mean things like that he should have um hurt Sansa and that he like right. liked killing her friend all this but you can just tell and this is like a, just in a credit to the actor too um you can just tell like this there's such a softness in his face that has nothing to yeah. do with being hurt like that it's just that he really he doesn't believe any of these things you know he's just a product of his environment and and having a horrible brother and father and stuff that he it hurts him to say these kinds of things but it's the only way he thinks that she'll get to you know that she'll kill him yeah, that, she, and, that she'll kill him and give him that mercy yeah that yeah. is that moment too where she walks off was oh. so much colder yeah. on my rewatch because I just watched the whole season of them sort of forming that bond. Mm-hmm. And I think just having that gap between four and five, or I guess, I, I guess she leaves them in five. I think. I think four. I think it's four. Is it yeah. four? Well, yeah, it's, it's like at the end of four. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's when she goes down to the ships and, yeah. Um, oh my God. She's, she, she's been in Bravo yeah. for two years. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I might be. Yeah. I think season four, because Joffrey's dead. Yeah. I know. Season five was like really, it was like a long, I felt longer. Than, I know. <laughs> than it's it so weird to try to piece it together because also in season five is where we didn't even see Bran and Hodor the whole season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That they were just. So that was another reason it was like kind of dark. There just yeah. wasn't any, we... anyone learning their new skills. It was just yeah. people dying. By the way, we, if you guys listen to the fan theories, 
<laughs> Todd's favorite fan theory was that <laughs> that um, Bran eats Jojen. <laughs> <laughs> and so when we got to that part where he dies, <laughs> we <laughs> we were laughing so hard. <laughs> I was like, watch when I rewatched his death. I was like, wait, so do they just eat the bones? <laughs> go back, go back for the meat. That, yeah, because <laughs> like the children of the child of the forest, like fire bombs and whatever. <laughs> we were just laughing so hard, like yeah. I'm cry laughing right now, just like thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the show pretty much dispenses with that theory. <laughs> definitely know, but, Jojen in the books yeah but I think <laughs> I kind of want to hope so um yeah besides watching <laughs> besides watching the show again obviously I'm not going to get cut off I have read I was rereading like the end of A Dance of Dragons too because I'd read it like two years ago and so it's like oh, wow yeah, most of the plots in the books have come to pass but there was still like some Greyjoy stuff that I needed to catch up on and some brand stuff and then the stab you know stabbing of john like at the very end of the book. oh man i um, uh yeah <laughs> i th- that's a great segue for my next question okay. but just to start with that that death of john i remember <laughs> i remember basically grudge reading those two books <laughs> at the same time um that, that my friend Meg, uh, whom I've mentioned on this uh, podcast before, because she's the one who recommended the books to me, we were basically in the same spots for those books, but she finished five like a week or so before I did. So, you know, she's kind of like texting me all week, like, what, you know, what point are you? You know, what, what's happened? And I describe it to her. And then I just <laughs> get to that point and I text her like in the middle of the night, like, what the fuck? <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah, you finished. And yeah. I do remember in season five after, um, cause I'd stopped watching after the Sansa rape scene. I was like, I just, I'm too, I'm too close to this show right now. Yeah. Uh, I'll just wait till <laughs> all the episodes are out and then I'll watch them, uh, hoping that it would kind of, um, redeem itself for that, that bad choice. And in, so then I had friends who watched the last episode when John gets stabbed and then they're all texting me, you know, what the fuck. And I thought like, this is so perfect. It all comes you know, around, you know? Yeah. That's what I did too. Like I wasn't done with it. I maybe started it. I don't remember um, when season five came out. So yeah. So when that episode happened, I think we watched it like later at night. Like we didn't start it like right at nine. Like we started it at 10 or something. So it's like 11 or like midnight at night. And so I, like, I, like I said, I have one friend, Becca, who had read the books like a long time ago before the um, show came yeah. out. And then I had another friend, Casey, who had read them um, just before the show and then kind of like concurrent with the show. And so, <laughs> so I texted both of them like at whatever 11 or like, they're like, what the fuck is john dead like he can't be dead right like he's gonna come back like what the how would they do that so they were like both like laughing like oh oh because she hadn't watched one of them hadn't watched the episode and so she's like oh did that happen on the episode and then they were like both like like yeah in the book so i'm like what happens like in the book like does he come back and like no we don't know like this is like the end of like it's like the end of the map right like they're here be there be monsters like they didn't know either this was the first time that they didn't like know know what would happen and so and that was kind of like the fun part of the show too of like for long time book readers like 
you're finally getting to find out some of this stuff. And obviously it's oh, yeah. not totally aligned with what the book, with what Winds of Winter might have, but you know, you can trust that, that George has told the showrunners basically what will happen. So, yeah. but still it was like, I felt bad for like, what the mother? Well- <laughs> John can't be dead. I, yeah, when I, when I, you know, made my, my, when I broke up with the show during that season and my, some of my friends, uh, you know, just, uh, thought I was being a whiner about it or something or too, too <laughs> sensitive, you know, and I knew in the back of my head, I kept thinking like, yeah, but you don't know what I know. <laughs> you don't happen. even know. <laughs> and so I just like, I would just, I had such like a, a schadenfreude kind of thing in the back of my head yeah. of like, Oh, I'll know when you hit the last episode. Oh. <laughs> I'll hear okay. about it. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what my friend meant. I when, still have when, one thing to lord over you. <laughs> when Ned dies, and she's like, she don't even know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every character you like will probably die at some point, or get stabbed, or like threatened with death. Okay, like this is what it is to be a Game of Thrones fan. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, that was my next big um, a big question was. Uh, is there anything that we as book readers know that has not yet been revealed um, that we can talk about either in like guarded code words or, um, but I mean, mostly it's just to pick your brain because I, I think that all that we've seen are little, ah, there's all these little side stories and stuff and the showrunners mm-hmm. have really done. Um, I mean, a, a, uh, they've really done a good job because four and five, those books wander like crazy. Yeah. So the showrunners really... of like, yeah, minor characters with like really bitty slub subplots and stuff. Yeah. Or like, yeah. Uh, so Taylor has this funny thing where he's he's basically cheated. So when he's <laughs> watching the show, he'll like go to a wiki of ice and fire or something and read. Oh yeah. It. So he he feels like he's gotten the book background. He, uh, he's supplementing him. So on our last podcast, I did not correct him when he said this. He he, I had mentioned that um, Lady Stoneheart shows up to hang Brienne, or oh, or yeah. she does hang Brienne after she's shown up. Which actually you had mentioned on the Fan Theories crossover podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess Taylor didn't actually know the reasoning behind that. You know, so it's it's things like that. Like there, he he just knew that detail happened in the book. So I think he actually thinks Brienne is maybe dead. Sorry, Taylor. I didn't correct you on that. Um, but, you know, so I, I think there's little things like that. Like there are these side quests where Brienne and, and Pod have then traveled and they've, do they meet the grave digger? I don't even know. But we think that might be the hound and they've already brought the hound oh, back. Yeah. So we know that that whole side plot's going to disappear. And, you know, it's just things like that. Like these details yeah. have become more and more superfluous Ye- as the show yeah. And I feel like it's not so much like that there's things in the books that haven't yet happened on the show. It's more like there's things in the books that will probably never happen in the show, which right. is really it's, a bummer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's so many, like um, one of my favorite characters in the book, and she's kind of minor, but like the storyline was super cool was um, Ariane Martell. Right. Uh, so she's the eldest child of Doran Martell. And I don't know why they, I think they just kind of like, made Elia and the Sand Snakes more important in lieu of her. Like, I don't know why, because she's super a cool character. And I think, too, I mean, it was mostly that Marcella shows up so very briefly. She shows up a little bit more in the books. But um, I was really bummed that she never... And, like, the time has passed at this point because Marcella is dead. Um, But she was super cool because it was, like, this whole other, like, subplot of, like, well... 
if Marcella gets married to Tristan and then in Dorne, you know, the, the ascension to the throne is, is uh, chronological, like not gender based. So the Dornish could fight to put Marcella on the iron throne instead, you know, there's like this whole like larger um, throwing the, the Martell hat in the ring a bit more than it does. Now they've kind of like come full circle with it of to, Oh, there was another like side subplot of another Dornish Martell one of the, like the middle son of Doran was going to go to try to marry Daenerys and he gets there and Danny's like, mm, no, thank you. Like <laughs> you seem like a nice kid, but you're not really my type like sail away, please. Um, yeah. And there's the little egg on plot or whatever. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You talk about that. My laundry alarm's going off. Let me turn this off. I'll be right back. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the other like big book plot that is missing is so we talked a lot about this on fan theories of like who is the third head of the dragon because now it's been confirmed and I will fight anyone who says it's not confirmed that John <laughs> is <laughs> physically fight fight me. Um, I'm Irish. I'm very scrappy. Always ready to fight. Um, that John is the son of Rhaegar Targaryen and Lyanna Stark so that he is kind of this last uh, one of the last Targaryens along with Daenerys. So the, yeah. And in the books, they make a sort of like hush-hush, subtle sort of point of putting... Um, it's Tyrion, Tyrion, right? He He's the one on the boat. Yeah. So yeah. he when he's traveling, playing, like he escaped... Playing with this kid. <laughs> yeah, so he's like... Just as like Varys like smuggles him out, they go on like this riverboat, like through old Volantis and like up into into Essos and stuff. And so they go on the boat and there's like this young man and his quote unquote dad, but they look nothing alike. So that's sort of laughable. And so the, the young man has like violet eyes and ice blonde hair, you know, just like Danny. And so that you kind of get this, this impression. And I don't know, I think they actually come out and say it at one point, like that there is rumors that before the sack of King's Landing during Robert's Rebellion, when the mountain supposedly kills um, Elia Martell's uh, kids, the young prince, um, mm-hmm. that they smuggle him out and that it's actually like a, a different baby, like that is, he just killed a random baby. And so they, that Varys helped smuggle him out. Um, and that has put him on this, you know, path to just being like a normal person to hide him. And that potentially that this young Aegon is the third head of the dragon. But even in the books, it's sort of unclear where he fits, but maybe in the next two books, he would have a much more prominent role. But again, I think that that time has kind of passed. Yeah. Like, we no, it definitely has. They, they circumvented yeah. all that w- when Jorah kidnaps Tyrion. Yeah. And the whole yeah. ride doesn't happen. Um, and there's that whole character, and which I, I'll, uh, John Connington or something is also on the boat with them. It's mm-hmm. literally just hundreds of pages of Tyrion playing Sivos, which is this chess yeah. game with this kid. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, yeah. It, and so, uh, yeah. But that's really the only other thing. And that. Well, the only thing that I can think of now, but I don't think it'll come to pass because of of the events of season six, was that um, Eron Greyjoy was also yes. like, "I'm gonna sail across the sea and like marry that dragon lady." Yep. And and then we don't know if he really did or not. He really like it, what happened with that. So, but I think now that Danny is with um, Theon and Yara, um, right, he probably will not 
I mean, he he made it seem though like, to be honest, he was like, she will marry me or else. So maybe even if she's aligned with his niece and nephew, he will still think like, we're going to get married. Well, he, he does say that in the show. And then Yara yeah. tells Daenerys something. I think in their conversation, she says something about that to her. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's um, right. That's to right. kind of put her on her side, on, on their side, you know, like he, he's coming over here to just claim you. Um, yeah. It's but honestly, Danny's like good luck. <laughs> you're you're totally right. There's more stuff that we know from the books that is not like decisively not going to happen because, um, for example, like it, Tyrion hasn't even met Daenerys in the books, which yeah. shocked me to relearn that fact. Um, so you can tell like if the showrunners are are taking their cues from like an outline that you know Martin gave them, they've they've already passed like everything that you know. <laughs> that is yeah. in the books yeah. but well well <laughs> past it so yes. um it, what you know with that given that in mind like what you know from the books and and everything else we've talked about what are you most anticipating for this season is there anything you really want to see happen well i know because of screen shots or or set photos that danny and john meet um Ooh. finally so they meet what it what it looks to be is perhaps east watch by the sea um which yeah. is one of the, it's like the port on the very edge of the wall um but it could be wrong it's kind of hard to tell but that would be the most logical sort of area for them to meet probably um yeah. so I'm, I'm really uh and that the stork children that finally Arya comes home, you know, that finally Arya and Sansa are back together in um, Winterfell and that Bran also tries to make it there as well. Um, and yeah. then John, I don't really, I mean, we can count him, I suppose, but um, he is half Stark. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to like pull yeah. away from like the, the main, your, you know, the other points that you are anticipating, but just as yeah. a side note, I know we talked about the sort of Daenerys, John ship in the, um, <laughs> fan theories podcast uh and and i've later on remembered this thing that i think i know so I'm, can you confirm that either in the books or the show hasn't someone explained to daenerys that she will never bear any more children yes yeah okay. so it was like um I she is the last of the targaryen line in other words yeah yeah and so it's kind of sad to be honest i mean it's really yeah. sad for her um that she that's what she always thought to kind of, you know, the last dragon. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of, you kind of maybe want to root for John to be with someone else. I suppose that he could kind of carry on the line. Not so, yeah. not as, you know, whatever, quote unquote, purely as Daenerys with that silver hair and the violet eyes. But right. yeah, that she, after she lost the baby, you know, from magic and stuff, they have said, yeah, that she can't ever have kids. Um, yeah. so that's like her thing. So in the book, she, she, you know, it's like a monologue because it's written in her perspective. She, she talks very um, openly that any marriage that she has doesn't really have to be like for love. Like she definitely like right. loves other people she could love again, but that it would be more of a political marriage. Like she thinks about marrying, um, he has a really complicated name, his daughter, his, his daughter. His daughter, Zolorak, yes. Yeah. Like, oh, maybe I'll marry him. Um, but, you know, he's cute enough i suppose but you know she doesn't really like care so much about finding right. a husband and having children you know she's solely focused now on taking back what she thinks is hers and that's the iron throne of westeros so i i hope in season seven it'll be 
I think season seven, unfortunately, will be a lot of setup for season eight. Um, I don't like, I don't think we'll see a lot of like the final good versus evil battle of, you know, the white walkers versus the living um, until season eight. That's so what th- Taylor thinks. Ugh. Yeah, because I, I mean, it just kind of makes sense, like from a you know a good writing standpoint. Like you want you want to save that kind of stuff for the very end. But um, so I think a lot of it will be set up and kind of tying up a lot of loose ends, which is totally fine. Like that's that's going to be cool. I think we're going to see um, probably half of the deaths that we saw like coming up. Like a lot of people will survive till the end like the into season eight but i think we'll see, still see some pretty significant deaths in season seven um to set up for season eight of you know who's gonna be on the iron throne and who's gonna lead the the army of the living and and um yeah <laughs> it's kind of hard you know it's it's funny too like it's so hard to guess at this point of because we really are in uncharted territory um but that's the only thing I can really think of, like that that probably we won't see very many epic battles like we did the Battle of the Bastards um, until season more towards season eight. Right. And I think what I'm anticipating, even though I want to see big battles and, um, you know, big computer animated dragons and stuff like that, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I think I'm primarily like interested in anticipating like how are they actually going to move all these pieces around the board now because like you mentioned if john and daenerys meet up at east watch on the sea i wonder is that going to be real like if that scene or those uh set photos is that an, an episode that is very near the end of the season because they i would hope that she lands at dragonstone um and at least sort of lands in the middle of westeros to begin yeah, that's true. actually sort of conquering oh. things. And when yeah. we've seen the Dothraki horde running across the, you know, the plains, it's definitely like the plains. It's not the snowy North. Um, yeah. And there's a, there's a crazy battle that we've seen like a, a hint of with the circle of men where it's like John and the brotherhood without banners and Barrack mm-hmm. and the hound are with them. And I'm very interested in that. And uh, you know, what exactly is going on there? Cause I kind of yeah. hope we do get, a lot of battles with the White Walkers. Um, I, I hope that that's. I hope that that's happening this season. I know that it can't yeah. be the big, you know, end all be all, but um, yeah, I I don't know. It's well, it's we're kind of in pick. a funny place too. Yeah, like plot wise, we can, they have to solve the problem of the infighting in Westeros first right. before they can solve the 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 problem of you know ultimate death ultimate winter um so i think like that's kind of what i mean of like loose ends like you kind of have to you know cersei will probably have to die toward probably towards the end because they'll need someone on the iron throne who can pledge troops to fight the dead you know to fight the the winter um and there's still a lot of people in play of the dornish are now in it and high gardens just had both of its heirs murdered like yeah there's a lot of things that still need to like be addressed in season seven before we can even like get to i mean the the white walkers aren't even like at the wall so much yet like they're not like banging on it like hello we're ready to conquer westeros yet well i have a a question about that though so having freshly rewatched this um yeah rewatched the episode called hard home Mm. um season five which uh was 
you know, before John gets murdered, he leads this wildling troop to Hardhome so that they can yeah. uh, rescue as many wildlings. But um, it's very confusing for book readers because this is discussed in the books, but nobody sees it happen. Yeah, it's <laughs> just like the, they kind of made it up. But there's a big, <laughs> there's a big part of that scene. And it's funny, too, because everyone remembers this episode as, like, one of those great battle episodes. But mm-hmm. honestly, like, 40 minutes of the episode or more has nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like all like of 20 the minutes end. of insanity at the end. Yeah. Um, and the really, the, I mean, the battle's pretty insane. But the most insane thing is that the Night King sort of, like, raises his arms and all the dead from the battle, Ugh. you know, their eyes start yeah. glowing and they all rise up. Um, but there's a scene where, where all of a sudden, like, stuff goes nuts and these people start... Uh, uh, the white walkers and the whites start coming over a wall now was that the wall no i think it was like um the like construction of hard home like when the when the night when the knight's king like holds his arms i like come at me bro he's like on the top of this cliff right so i think it's like a more like an ice cliff of where they are and not the wall i mean the wall is 700 feet high Good point. Like they, they yeah. are going to need a lot of white walkers and i think that that would be in season seven i kind of anticipate you know we'll see a lot of glimpses at what the white walkers are doing um of forming their own yeah. army and that you know, could be really getting their yeah. own shit together yeah because we've seen so like not enough with them that was always like the first time i saw them in the book i was like i want to know more about this again it's kind of hard because they're not mindless i mean the like the zombie ones are but obviously the the night king and his lieutenants or his generals or whatever they have a purpose and understand each other um it would be really interesting to see a little bit more of them and kind of like why they're doing this and who he is and how they make the other white walkers because obviously he can control the dead but then we see in season four with craster's baby that he just touched a living baby and turned it into a white walker or have whatever the blue eyes little baby so i hope that we get to learn more about them before we have to watch them all get you know (laughs) battled um (laughs) because it's kind of like that's the last really big missing piece of the puzzle of like what what are these things why are they doing this grievances yeah i you know what probably they do they're like let's hear them out let's reason with these guys like look it's very fucking cold out here like we just want to go where it's slightly warmer okay like that's all we want yeah yeah look at our skin we're desiccated (laughs) (laughs) our bones are all showing (laughs) yeah i i what's fascinating also about hard home is uh that you know there's a lot of scenes uh, or at least up on that cliff you see all the lieutenants on their half dead or their undead horses Mm -hmm. um and all these these whites and white walkers they have this like extraordinary command of tools and like they know to go after the obsidian that's where john like and sam are like get the obsidian out of that uh you know little storage house over there john learns that his valyrian steel sword can make them disintegrate um but they don't know how to work boats (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're like like, the boats are like 10 feet away from them on the shore and they just give up everyone knows boats zombies weaknesses okay like they don't want to be a part of that then why (laughs) isn't the walking dead building like a a seafaring (laughs) home I don't know. Right. That's a good question too. And because like all these things have to be sort of solved 
Right. Um, in, in a short amount of episodes too, like remember this season will only have like seven episodes or something instead of 10. So it's yeah. three less episodes than we usually get to solve all these questions. And then I think season, whatever season eight has like Even less eight or something. Yeah. It's like six episodes. Or something. So they really, I think it'll be a very, very fast paced season. And the, the yeah. showrunners have said this too, like, like things that usually take four episodes or two seasons are going to happen in 10 minutes now. Like yeah. they're just going to like this is like the last season of lost like the season six of lost it was like smoke monsters this thing and like this guy's not dead and you're all in heaven now um done (laughs) season out (laughs) i think that is a (laughs) it's a great place to wrap up on um and i'll say uh you know i I began this by talking about how we what we did to prepare and if we rewatched and at this point when you're listening to this on wednesday july 12th you don't have enough time to watch all the episodes unless you call in sick to work. Yeah, unless you're like a hermit and you don't need sleep. <laughs> yeah, about 14 episodes a day. You're not going to make it through the entire rewatch. Um, so I would recommend the Storm of Spoilers podcast did a rethrones where they did one episode, <laughs> one hour-long episode on each full season. And they do a really cool, quick recap of like, here are the important things that happened to each character. Here's who died. And then they talk about things like who their MVP of the season was and stuff like yeah. that. And that's definitely uh, good listening. Um, Emily, where can people find you on social media if they would like to uh, talk to you about Game of Thrones? <laughs> if you want to yell at me about Game of Thrones or fight yeah. me about John's status as a secret again, um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that Emily Kelly. Um, I, Todd mentioned it at the, the top of the show, but you can also listen to my uh, podcast here on the Their Network, uh, Fan Theories, and that's with my partner in all things, Peter Cunin. Um, we do that once a month, and our last one was on Game of Thrones, so if you want to catch up on a few uh, Game of Thrones fan theories, which we cover a lot, might be beneficial and maybe a look forward to into this season. Um, you can find that on the, the Their Network, just as this podcast. And our next fan theories podcast for july will be about harry potter so if you like harry potter as much as i do um join us for that one that's out on july 31st awesome i think that i'm as not a harry potter fan i'm actually anticipating that because i think that'll be fun to listen to and may stir my interest in yeah if if you If, if, if you enjoy listening to me cry um, about <laughs> fictional characters, <laughs> what are these theories you're going to discuss? No, I just get really about emotional that. about Harry Potter. Okay, so <laughs> cool. And and uh, we have a uh, we made a we still have our old domains, but we made a much nicer domain that's much easier mm-hmm. for us to tell to people, which is findusthere.org. Um, yeah. And you can find us there on every social network as Find Us There. So go to Twitter at find us there and Facebook, find us there um, and find us there.org. And you'll find all of the podcasts and everything. Um, you can talk to me on Twitter at Hey Todd, a, uh, I will say that we will be tweeting from there and our own personal accounts. Possibly Emily, I haven't even told you about this. Yeah. We will always be using the hashtag stupid sword chair. Which <laughs> an Emily yes. Kelly uh, coined term for yes. what this whole show is all about. Um, stupid <laughs> so next week we are gonna uh, have our first episode. This is so exciting. Um, our first episode of season seven. We will regroup then to talk about it. Until then, uh, Emily, seven blessings, mm-hmm. and I will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.